Welcome to The Savvy Founder, the one place for entrepreneurs and business owners, away from the everyday bustle, where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future. Now here's your host, The Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. Hello and welcome to The Savvy Founder. I'm Philip Topham, your host. I'm really excited this week to be talking about the luck. Yeah, luck. You know, so many times I've been to conferences, talked with founders, and there's this idea that some people are just luckier than others in the way they do the business. And I find that a fascinating concept. And last week, uh, Neil Shaw talked about the surface area of luck. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about what is the surface area of luck and give you some examples of what we're talking about, but then give you some practical ways that you can build your own luck and, and make it better. With that, let's dive right into it. So what do we mean about the surface area of luck? Uh, I'm not talking about going to Vegas and uh, some people sit at a table and they play blackjack and they get three blackjacks in a row. That's just flat out mathematical luck. Uh, what we're talking about is the luck that happens because you know lots of people or not lots of people know you. Lucky things seem to happen. The person seems to land a deal out of nowhere. Uh, somebody gets a phone call to be asked to be on a interviewed on a television show. Somebody else gets uh, asked to speak at a conference. Those things are not luck in the sense of uh, they're random. Uh, they may be. They may seem like random. You're sitting on an airplane and you sit next to somebody and strike up a conversation. It's lucky that you had that conversation. Not really. There's probably a lot of things that went on behind you uh, before you ever got to the airplane. You built your business. You have some other social proof. You have some concepts and you have a lot behind you. So what are we talking about? In episode 43 Neil Shaw talked about the surface area of luck, where you look at people and you kind of, uh, if you know a few people, then the amount of luck that you is in your world is to the number of people you know, or more importantly, the number of people that know you. If you know lots of people and not lots of people know you, then your surface area is bigger. You can sort of think of this as, LinkedIn. If you are on LinkedIn and you have the, you see how many first degree connections you have, that's sort of your surface area of luck, uh, your very core surface area. But there's many other people, your number two connections that might know of you, uh, but aren't directly connected to you. And then the threes, they might bump into somebody that knows you and therefore, you know, increases your luck. Think of it as this big, uh, sort of network of relationships. But what's most important when you really think about it is not who you know, but the adage, who knows you? So of those first degree connections, the more people that actually really know you and are thinking about you, that's what we're talking about as far as creating your luck. 
And the more they know who you are and what you stand for, it's easier for them to say, oh, I know this particular person. Uh, if you're in the food industry uh, and you're talking to people in the auto industry, you're not creating more luck because people in the auto industry are going to go, what am I going to do with food? But if you're in the food industry and you're talking to other restaurateurs, you're talking to food manufacturers, then certainly you're going to be increasing your luck in the food industry that way. So the uh, that's go back and listen to episode 43. You'll get a good example of how Neil uses the surface of luck. But let's deal look into. Yeah, that's all nice, but what does that really mean, Philip? How do I use it? What's an example that you can help me understand? Well, right before that, in episode 42, Ethan Glass, uh, founder and CEO of Okra, is a parking business. And he shared with how he pivoted his business. And in pivoting his business, he simply took command of his luck. And what am I talking about? In his business, he is helping people. You think of a parking lot as simply a space where a car is parked. And if I'm a parking lot operator, I'm selling the space that people are occupied in. You drive up to the parking lot, you get the ticket, you go park your car, and you pay when you leave. Well, there's a lot of other parking venues where you reserve the parking space or parking spaces are sold. You can think of any of the parking lots at the airports where you have to have a reservation to park. Those are all ways that that, uh, that place is uh, changing. And Ethan's company was uh, helping with parking lots and parking lot events and such, and COVID hit, and it just massively changed the way his business was working. And so he had to say, what do I do different? How do I figure this out? And so with that in mind, he created his own luck. He went out and had to figure out how do I pivot the business? So he knew lots of people in the industry, but he didn't know all of, he only knew the people in his circle of who he spoke to. So he built his luck by simply doing lots of interviews, using LinkedIn, reaching out to thousands of people in the industry and asking them what's going on in the industry. What, what do you need? What needs to be done? And so he built this network, all of these people that he knew, and in even asking them what they knew, he built these relationships and connections that allowed him to understand what the industry actually needed. And so he ended up building a business where he is the software that lets parking spaces be sold by anybody. And you can listen to his full interview. He does a better job of explaining his business than I do. But Think of it this way, that parking space is normally, uh, if a parking lot has 100 spaces, they might have four people and they give 25 spaces to each marketing company to sell. And when 25 are sold, great. If somebody only sells 20, then that means five weren't sold. If somebody else wanted to sell 30, there's five that didn't get sold because they're, they're not available to sell. So he simply built a computer program that has, and, and I say simply, uh, it's, it's a lot of work to figure out how to then offer the, all the parking lots to everybody on sort of an, on a, uh, everybody can market all of the sites. And of course, with electric vehicles and car washing services, the parking industry is way more complex than, I, than we're really talking about. 
So when we come back to this surface area of luck, right? You are in control of how many people you talk to, how you talk to them, and how you engage them. And the luck happens when somebody else is needing something in your industry, they have a big, greater chance to bumping into, that's the luck part. They have a greater chance to bump into somebody that knows you. Marketers call this, you know, marketing awareness, that sort of stuff. But it's the people that are most likely to get us to move, to make a difference. That's what's so critically important about luck. You can watch advertisements all day long and understand brands, but it may not cause you to do something different. But as soon as you ask your neighbor, hey, who would you recommend to do the repair on my refrigerator? That's luck happening right there and then. That former person, the, the uh, repairman just got lucky, if you will, to be asked, who, who would you recommend? That's what is the surface area of luck. It's an it's a intuitively very simple concept, but yet we don't seem to pay attention to it because we're, we're born with the ability of talking to people all the time and we don't give it a lot of thought or consideration as to what happens when you build those relationships, what actually happens. And with that, let me give you another example of recognizing luck is a, a key thing that you need to be able to do in whatever business or startup you're in is understanding where your luck comes from. And I think of this as your luck comes from the water cooler. This is where your customers hang out. This is where your employees hang out. This is where your partners hang out and talk to each other and compare notes. That's the source of your luck. The bigger that water cooler is, the bigger and more luck you can have. And so I'm going to use a completely different example to explain what this luck concept is, because it is incredibly powerful when you really stop and think about it that way. Uh, this example is my daughter is in a co-op program between her third and fourth year of a biochemical engineer degree working for an international engineering firm. In her internship, I've been amazed at how she's under, started to understand how things are connected together. And what she's discovered is that the industry of building factories, and we're talking about big scientific uh, laboratories, pharmaceutical, drug manufacturing, biopharma, these are very complex factories, require lots of engineers, and there's companies all over the world building factories, many different companies. But the a number of engineers uh, over their course of career, they might work for four, five, six, or one uh, company. And so the engineers are always talk, working with different companies, but the company itself never, you know, of course, doesn't change its name unless it's purchased. And what's, what's remarkable is that all of these com companies are competing in the same space. But the luck is based on who knows who in the industry. So if I'm looking uh, uh, to try to figure out which engineering firm I should use 
the way I go about doing that is bumping into people and asking, like, what's the reputation of this company? How does it work? What's going on? Who do, how do they treat their employees? What, how do they treat projects? Do they have a good reputation? That is all about the relationships of people. Now, for, for my daughter herself, she's discovered that by just talking, uh, when she's on one side of a project, uh, there's another project engineer from the from the person purchasing the services. So there's engineers from many companies all working together. And in that conversation, the network is being built, the relationships being created. And now it goes from who does she know to who knows her. And you can very easily figure out which companies are great companies to work for and which companies are have a not so great reputation. That's the surface area of luck. It's, a, it's exactly understanding which network you belong into, how they're connected together. And so with that, just think about your own business. Who is your customer? Who, is your, who are you serving? Where is the water cooler where everybody's talking about everybody? That is where you're your luck resides. And if you can manage that luck, expand that network and relationships, you can increase your luck. And that's where we heard how uh, Ethan literally went out and took the luck that he had within the parking industry, talked to many more people. So he had the knowledge, and some people might call it luck, to know how to pivot his company. And frankly, it was not luck that he knew he was a smart man and knew how to talk to people to figure out how to pivot, talking to people and talking to, to humans. Excellent book you need to read, Talking to Humans. So let's segue into how do you go about building your luck for your business? How can you become more lucky so you win more customer, win more deals, get more customers, find the right employees? How do you do that? So it's a, basically a four-step process. And we'll go through the four steps. Begin with the end of mind, take stock of your current luck, understand how you can build your luck, and then go out and build your luck. First, what are you trying to do? Begin with the end in mind. Are you trying to find co-founders and build your luck to bump into the right co-founder? Are you trying to get advisors for your business? Are you trying to get investments for your business? Are you trying to get customers for your business? Each of those groups of people hang out at different water coolers. And so you need to understand what your purpose is, what kind of luck do you want to come your way? And with that, once you understand that, you can start thinking about the next steps. Step two, take stock of your current luck. Where is, where is your luck? Who do you know? If you're targeting investors, who is everybody that you know? Break it into these three steps. Who are the people that you know are investors? What investors know you and what investors know you really well. And if you're one of those people that like to score things and, and rank how well you're doing at building out your network, the way I like to look at it is 
you get one point for somebody that knows you. If an investor knows you, it's worth one point. Uh, or if, if you know the investor, excuse me, if you know the investor, it's worth one point. If the investor knows you, it's worth two points. But if the investor knows you really well, it's worth four points, four times as much as the person that you just know. And finally, there would be a, a eight-pointer if the person knows you really well and they talk about you nicely when you're not in the room. That's a, a massively more powerful than just blindly knowing people. So if you list out the investors you know, list out who, which investors know you, who knows you really well, and who knows good things about you. And when, the, when you've in the, you might say, how do, I, how do I get an investor that knows what, something well about me? After you've gotten your first investor into your business and they've given you your first whatever amount of money it is, they know you really well because they've invested in you. That's super important to then leverage that to find other investors that they may know to bring in on second and third and fourth person into the, into the process. And the same goes, the same process works even for customers. Customers tend to know other people that might want the same product, buy the same product. They'll be your fans, your advocates. That's your surface area of luck. So when you think about it, now the third step, now you know how you score luck and how you might look at it. Uh, how can you build luck? Really, this is a simple idea of taking the people that you know so that they go that that you know them and how do you activate them so that they will spread your message that means they go from no know, you knowing them to knowing you and then knowing you well and then knowing you well enough to share the message about who you are this is a very subtle point and let me really take this into an example Imagine you have just pitched your business to somebody, uh, an investor, and that investor uh, is kind of gets it. They don't fully understand what you're doing and they're a little, but they're, they think you've got a good product, but it's, they're a little hesitant about it. Well, imagine they're playing golf. They're on the golf course. They have a perfect opportunity to talk to their friend. Will they talk about your company? Will he talk about your company? Probably not. The idea is when he's that person, we'll call him John, and he's going to tell Mark about your fantastic product. John's thinking, do I know this company so well that I'm going to risk my reputation and tell Mark about this fantastic opportunity? I don't want to tell somebody something and then it go flat and fall on the floor and not be understood. I want to be able to go, hey, Mark, I just met a fantastic company. They're in the parking industry and they're going to blow it up and it's going to be fantastic. That I fully understood the message. I was able to transmit the message to Mark. My social capital transmits that somebody's going to talk nicely about me when I'm not there because they fully understand who I who the business is and what they're transmitting. If they can't do that, then the luck is going to fall on the floor and not go anywhere. So when you think about building your network, think about how you're spreading the message and making those very simple so other people can transmit them to other people. That's, again, 
related to marketing strategy, all those sorts of things, but it's really a part of that luck. The more you're clear on it, the more people can pass it along and share it with others. So they get, so other people are accidentally bump into or get into your message. And that's where the luck comes from. Once you know how luck kind of works and how you can build your network, you have to go into and start thinking about the strategies that you might use to build your network. And I'm not going to go into this in super detail because it's well beyond what a podcast can accomplish. But simply put, think about it this way. What are you trying to build? What do you already have as far as your relationships with the people you're trying to target? How do you increase their stickiness to your network? And then go out and make it happen. Now, where the strategy part comes in is if you're a small company and you're trying to spread your message against a really big company, your message is going to be drowned out. It's going to be very difficult to go from an early adopter to the early majority stage. And so your strategy has to be well thought out of how do you create really, really sticky relationships with a few key people when there's lots of other people competing against you. And so that's where there's a, think of the strategy as there's a huge, big, huge network. You have almost no surface area of luck. What do you do? Do you build your own isolated group and make that its own unique thing? That's a very big strategy. Do you go into the net, the, the partner up with the big group and use their network to leverage your situation? Or do you simply move to a different area where there's less competition? So your strategy for building your luck does depend upon the market and which market you're operating in. And of course, whether you're looking for co-founders, customers, or investors, each of those have different strategies of attack the core, go to the edges, go to the periphery. That's a little bit of, uh, again, beyond what this podcast is for. Just to recap, take a listen to episode 42, where Ethan Glass really talks about how he pivoted the business and how he made his own luck. And then talk, listen to episode 43 with Neil Shaw, where he talks about the surface area luck and where this concept comes from. Very simple concept. As humans, we doing, we're networking, we're working with people all the time, and we don't even realize when we're in a situation where we already have a large network, we are already lucky, and we don't know how to extend that and expand it. Additionally, on the flip side, if you're coming from a place where you don't have, you're going into a new industry, you have to build your luck by talking to everybody and anybody so you can create that network, that surface area of luck, and increase your odds of moving forward. I hope this episode has given you something to think about differently in the way that you think about creating and building relationships. You are in control of your luck that you build. And with that, I hope you enjoyed this show. Please be sure to share it with another founder so they too can shorten their journey. If I've shortened the journey a month, a week, a day, I've done my job. 
Be sure to leave a five-star review. And if you want or have any questions, please ask me at asktheSavvyFounder.youcanbook.me. I'll have it in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Philip Topping, your host, wishing you a bright and profitable future in both your personal and business lives. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com. You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder, wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.